Today from the Global Lane, riots in China over ongoing COVID lockdowns. Consumers may find it harder to buy the products they need. In a world that is much more advanced technologically, it's also far more vulnerable to disruptions. We've got to get things right in America and we're not doing a very good job. We'll examine the supply chain threat and what needs to be done. Abandoning the faith. Only 4% of American millennials hold a biblical view of the world. Are social media and an unregulated internet to blame? What you have is you have approved anarchy on autopilot. Are you feeling stressed this Christmas season? A look at how you can experience the miracle of peace. And Tim Allen helps Disney return Christ to Christmas. Christ Mass, it's Christ Mass. It's a, it literally is a religious holiday. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. The Chinese government is responding to COVID-related riots and protests by easing some lockdown restrictions in eight mainland cities and Hong Kong. However, President Xi Jinping is keeping his zero COVID policy in place. That means millions of Chinese citizens are still confined to their homes. Coronavirus infections took a dramatic jump this fall, and now they average just over 29,000 cases per day. What might the lockdowns and ongoing disruptions in China mean for the global supply chain, especially for a world economy dependent on Chinese products? Well, here to share his insights is the senior advisor to the Atlantic Council, Harlan Ullman. Mr. Ullman is author of the book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, how massive attacks and disruption became the looming existential danger to a divided nation and the world at large. Harlan Xi Jinping has a real mess on his hands, a declining economy, COVID cases on the rise, and now these protests and riots. So how do you expect this may affect the global supply chain? Badly. And in fact, it's worse than that. The Chinese will get through these riots. The riots are fairly commonplace. They're just not well reported. But what is interesting, and as I point out in my book, Massive Attacks of Disruption, not only has COVID disrupted China, but it's disrupted supply chains. Look what happened to the stock exchange dropping 500 points on the Dow. And so these disruptions are really something that we have to deal with in ways that we hadn't thought about, but they're certainly extremely important. And there are many of them. I know the COVID virus, of course, was the great disruptor for the world economy, but how about beyond China? The war in Ukraine is still disrupting the oil and gas supply chain. Absolutely. And what do you expect might but happen I, there? But also food supplies. Uh, look at wheat that's coming out of Odessa, which is uh, occasionally stopped by the Russians. And so what you have to understand is that in a world that is much more advanced technologically, it's also far more vulnerable to disruptions. I mean, how could you deal with life without your cell phone or your computer or without water? And similarly, because the world is so interdependent, for better or for worse, these disruptions have huge impacts not only economically, but politically and socially. And that's why I argue these are the looming threats about which we are totally, or I should say, largely unprepared in terms of organization or intellectual strategies to deal with them. And it's something I point out in my book. Here's how we fix these problems along with other problems that are confronting us, including the most disruptive of all of these failed and failing government, irrespective of whether Republicans or Democrats are in charge here. Well, I want to get to that in a moment, but climate change, or at least the response to it in places like Europe, are causing food supply chain issues, as you mentioned. But how likely is it that those shortages may subside? 
Well, actually, the irony here is that there are the means to produce food. For example, the Netherlands is one of the greatest producers of food because of vertical farming. And so we have the technology. The question is whether or not we can apply the technology quickly enough to be able to produce enough food. That is complicated by huge water shortages. Probably the scarcest material on Earth is water. Look at the United States. The Colorado River is now a creek, and California is going to be having to ration water. What does the future hold? What's the danger that's looming over the world in the United States? I know the recent election showed that we're still a divided country. So how likely are we to see riots here? Well, I'm not sure we're going to see riots. The problem is that the Constitution is being threatened by our political system right now because of these huge divisions. The good news about the election was that a number of extremists were not voted into office. The bad news is that extremism, whether the far left or the far right, still exists. And that's what we have to deal with. And I think the only way we can deal with it is through the president. We only have one president at a time. I've argued that President Biden needs to bring the leadership of Congress together at Camp David or some other venue to agree on three or four or five different items, which we can then pass into law, that'll put the country on the right direction. But as long as both parties view the other party as evil and are prepared to use virtually any means to defeat that party, this country is on a very, very bad trajectory. And it's far more dangerous in my mind than any dangers that are posed by Russia, China, Iran, or North Korea. The problems are here, and Americans have to realize, well, we have international issues that we cannot ignore, and they're very important. We've got to get things right in America, and we're not doing a very good job. Okay, briefly then, uh, in addition to what you just mentioned, what else should we do? How should we respond? Well, I've, got a, I've got a list of things that need to be done in terms of how we reorganize government, how we prepared for the next COVID or pandemic. Um, how we have better strategies for national security, national defense, and how we modernize both the executive and legislative branches that are still organized almost as they were under George Washington. Uh, people can read those recommendations. Uh, many of them are really, I think, quite important, such as a national infrastructure bank to improve infrastructure, and indeed the need for a chief, chief operating officer to make government work. And finally, and this will make you smile, one of the things to fix Congress before any member of Congress votes on a bill, he or she has got to swear or affirm that they have read and understand it. Well, I understand that's going to happen in the House. They're going to read the whole thing. Okay, the book is The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks and Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. Harlan Ullman, thank you for sharing your thoughts. American Christianity in decline. Recent surveys show that fewer Americans are attending church and fewer are calling themselves Christian, especially younger adults. According to the Pew Research Center, 50 years ago, 90% of the U.S. population was Christian. Today, that percentage has dropped to 50%. Christian pollster George Barna found that millennials are replacing biblical principles with worldly spiritualism. So is social media to blame? Well, here with us to share his thoughts is Scott Cleland. He's executive director of the Restore Us Institute. That's a group pledged to protecting Americans from Internet unaccountability. Scott, thank you for being with us. So why do you think we're seeing this decline in Christianity? To what degree can we put that blame on big tech and social media? Well, um... Everybody is focused on big tech and social media. And, you know, I was part of the thing that got people to focus on it. I've been 
I identified the problems of uh, uh, big tech back in 2007 before the Senate Judiciary Committee and then 2010 for the House Judiciary Committee under oath. So um, we've known these a long time. But the point that we're making at Restorus Institute, which I'm executive director of, is, is that you have to realize there's a root cause that makes all of those social media and tech problems um, being problems. And so, um, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be behaving all the exact same way if they didn't have a, um, a root cause that was similar. Well, what is that root cause? Ah, thanks for asking, because sure. that's the focus of everything um, we do. Uh, and that is, uh, there is a, uh, a U.S. Internet unaccountability policy. And what do we mean um, by that? Is, is that in the policy, it's that the Internet and its services should be unfettered by federal and state regulation. It should be self-regulated. And then the court had basically said it was absolutist free speech. Now... That is, um, I think people should be encouraged because when you look at the Bible, it explains there's a really simple uh, problem here and solution. And, uh, you know, Romans 12, 21 and 13, 1 is people know this one. Do not be overcome by evil, uh, overcome evil with good. Let all, um, every person be subject to the governing authorities. Well, surprise, surprise, Internet unaccountability policy. What it does is it promotes anarchy. Uh, you know, unwittingly does. And so it's an absence of government. And so we can go, you know, dr drill deeper on what does that mean? But um, the well, one let's thing do, I let's want- Let's do uh, that. Let's do that a little bit here because okay. I, I want to ask you first, uh, it seems like this is the antithesis of Christianity. I mean, baby boomers often refer to their millennial children as the me generation. And I know many of us are getting tired of seeing all those selfies online. I don't know about you. I know I am. So to what extent does social media encourage egoism, selfishness, which actually are the antithesis of the Christian belief of servitude and sacrifice? Yes. Well, let's look at it um, first in the way you have, and then um, also just how is it undermined the essence of the faith? When you have un unaccountability policy on autopilot for 26 years, it, um, you know, it is affecting uh, the, you know, Christians, over a long period of time, the church, everything we teach, uh, um, it, it's it's difficult. When you have an absence of government officially, um, what you have is you have approved anarchy on autopilot. Now, um, why is that a problem? Well, it is antithetical to what uh, you know. Romans thirteen one says, God says it's clear everyone should be subject to the governing authorities because all were instituted by God. So why did He do that? He wanted to encourage good, he wanted to punish evil, and he wanted us to have a conscience. Very solid Christian reasons why, um, you know, we would oppose anarchy on autopilot. There's no um, liberty, there's no faith, there's no equality, there's no justice in anarchy. It's anarchy, it's, it's chaos, it's, it's horrible. So there is a second thing that it does which instantly you will know this is very antithetical to Christianity. When you have an absence of government, you have an absence of uh, right and wrong. What do I mean there? It is approving a moralism, which is the doctrine of not caring about right and wrong. So that's obviously um, you know, contrary and antithetical to the scripture that I mentioned before. But 
What this means is, is, is that the government not only has promoted anarchy, which we see and know, but it also has abandoned the, um, the, its role, which is to legislate, administrate, and, ad, and adjudicate right versus wrong, legal versus illegal, and good versus evil. So that's what we look to for the government. We have the, you know, um, the, the word tells us what was right and wrong, and our um, U.S. government is, the Founding Fathers built it on the Judeo-Christian principles that we've been discussing, and that are, you know, there's a lot more of them, as you know, and those have been abandoned. Now, and what that does is it corrupts conscience, and it surrenders our souls. Scott Cleland of the Restorus Institute, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we've survived Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Those two days set records for the start of the Christmas season here in the U.S., $20 billion in sales. So what now? Are you already stressed out working on holiday decorating, Christmas shopping, and baking? So how do we experience real peace and relief this Christmas season? Well, here to share his thoughts is Jack Countryman, founder of J. Countryman Gift Books. That's a division of Thomas Nelson Publishing. Mr. Countryman is author of the book, The Miracle of Peace. Jack, this is the time when we hear a lot about peace on earth, goodwill towards men. So how do we get through this season and experience true Christmas peace? I believe Jesus Christ is the only one that can give us the gift of the spirit miracle of peace. It is through him that we find that all the peace we'll ever need, and he just comforts us. You see, he loves us with an everlasting love. Well, he is the reason for the season, is he not? So how important is it to just let go of those stresses, the storms of life, and trust God to direct our steps? Ah, you hit the secret is let go and let God. You see, when we let go and let God, he will come into our life and give us the peace that passes us all understanding. And we just got over beyond Thanksgiving. Uh, how important is giving thanks to the Lord? Oh, giving thanks to the Lord goes right along with the peace. You see, if we have peace in our life, it's very easy to give thanks to the Lord because he is the center and master of our life. And when we turn our lives over to him and let him control our lives, he will give us the peace that passes all understanding. Jack, that seems easier said than done sometimes. I mean, people get very stressed out. They get worried about finances and things, just general things in life. So how do they actually go about doing that? Well, you got to put God first. It only happens when you put God first. If you concentrate on all the worries and things that you battle with in life, you'll never, ever find peace. You see, God is the only one that can give you the peace that passes all understanding. He's the only one that will give you that gift and let you have the peace that only he can give. Jack, I must admit, I get stressed out at times just talking to some of the guests on this show. There's a lot of <laughs> gloom, a lot of gloom, not you, but a lot of gloom and doom out there. So. How do we overcome that? I mean, it's easier said than done just turning off the TV or not reading the newspaper or online. Uh, what, what do you do? 
Well, you need to walk daily with the Lord and let him be the center of your life. You know, there's all kinds of things going on in the world that'll give you all kinds of problems. But if you just learn to let the Lord be the master of your life and let the Lord lead your thoughts, let the Lord live in the center of your life, you will have the sense of peace that he has promised you and that he will give you. It isn't easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not, it's not easy, but it takes doing and it takes priority. So I'm suggesting that you stop worrying about all the other things that you can't do anything about and you concentrate on letting God lead your life. I think service is also important, setting yourself aside and serving others, doing for others, and also being surrounded by strong Christians or others who are strong in the faith. How important is that? Oh, that's, that is the secret. You see, when you concentrate on serving others, you're not on yourself. You're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about others that you want to do something for. And when you surround yourself with good Christian friends, it has to help because they live the life that you want to live, and they live the life that God has called them to live. And so therefore, it is not a sense of argument or trouble or anything. It's just that God wants to bless you with a sense of peace. And isn't it important to understand God's plan and purpose for our lives? How do we do that? Well, you've got to surrender. You'll, God will never interfere with your life. He will never tell you what to do unless you surrender your life and let him be the Lord and master. The secret to it all is getting yourself out of the way and let God go and let God be the master of your life. Okay, we can take a break from the stresses and enjoy some reading that may help us survive the Christmas season and beyond. The book is The Miracle of Peace. Jack Countryman, thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Thank you. I, I, it's my privilege. A strange world Thanksgiving bomb for Disney, but a Christmas season success may be coming. The movie and theme park giant has decided it is worth losing millions of dollars to advance an LGBTQ agenda. Just last summer, Disney lost millions with Lightyear. And now, another big flop. Disney spent at least $150 million to produce the film Strange World. It brought in only about $4 million on its first day of release and an estimated $25 million for the first five days. It's usually downhill from there, $15 million the next week, $5 million the following week. Translation, Disney's latest animated film, released for the long Thanksgiving weekend, was a real turkey. And the message to Disney is clear. While most people are concerned about the environment, they don't want a woke climate agenda pushed on them in the movie theater. That's a place where they go for entertainment, not for a climate change lecture. They can go to college for that. While most Americans take the approach, you're free to be what you want to be, gay or straight, most parents don't want Disney's gay advocacy agenda pushed on their children. You think Disney would have learned a few lessons from featuring a lesbian kiss in that Buzz Lightyear movie? It earned less than one quarter of a billion dollars worldwide.
Marketing and production costs for that one totaled about $300 million. So Disney lost about $100 million on that film. Now that was an expensive kiss, don't you think? Well, Strange World is likely to suffer a similar fate. Disney suggests there's much more to Ethan's character than his gayness. That was only a small fraction of the movie, and it wasn't discussed, just implied. The movie's director described it as organic. And actor Jake Gyllenhaal provides the voice of Searcher, Ethan's dad. Here's what he had to say about the gay teen romance depicted in that film. What's so great is, like, they normalize the normal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just is what it is and how we are. And to me, that's our world. I mean, it's a strange world we live in, but, but, but I think that's what's so beautiful about this. And that was actually just, that was told to me very, very early on. And I thought, that's so beautiful. That's exactly how every movie should be. Disney may likely continue down this path unless Bob Iger, the former CEO who just returned to the position, brings changes to make Disney's animated films profitable. Already, we're seeing Tim Allen's positive influence on Disney with a script for the new Disney Plus series, The Santa Clauses. The original voice of Disney's Buzz Lightyear and the star of the Santa Claus movies, Alan told The Wrap, the series puts Christ back into Christmas. It originally had a lot of um, otherworldly characters and ghosts and goblins. I said, no, this is Christ Mass. It's Christ Mass. It's a, it literally is a religious holiday. We don't have to blow trumpets, but I do want you to acknowledge it. That's what this mm -hmm. is about. And if you want to get into Santa Claus, you're going to have to go back to history, and it's all about religion. Alan says the series addresses the religious history of Santa Claus in episodes five and six. He describes it as wonderful. Folks, this is what Disney must do if it is to win over more people of faith, those with a deep regard for traditional family values. Instead of listening to the Hollywood elite, Iger needs to listen more to Alan and others in the company who truly understand the heartbeat of America. That's the best path forward for our culture and for box office success. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channel social media and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.